a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Reach out to Governor Herbert. Text 57500 or call him at 801-575-8255. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Doug Wright along with Governor Herbert here in our KSL studios today. An opportunity for you to talk directly with your governor. And we have uh, several people on the line right now. We have some texts that are coming in. We were talking about the uh, the tax reform here in the state of Utah a moment ago. Dwayne is on the line and has some uh, specific questions about that. Dwayne, you're on the line with Governor Herbert. Good morning. Hey, good morning, uh, governor, Dwayne. In the newspaper yesterday, it looked like um, there was an article on how we were going to start taxing some of the other services. One of them was legal service, haircuts. And if my memory serves me right, it said it was going to be .078, I believe. My concern is it also mentioned financial consulting, I would think, is what, it, what the word was. So as I get closer to retirement, I'm starting to put some money into some of these. Are you going to start taxing what I have inside of these um, institutes that's uh, got in for retirements, too? Well, that's yet to be determined. The only fair way to do this was to put everything on the table uh, to begin the debate and the discussion and then make a determination about what should stay and what should go. Again, the, by definition, broadening the base means that we're going to be taxing areas that have not been taxed in the past. So you broaden the base. But again, emphasizing lowering the rate so that, in fact, people will have less tax obligation uh, and a more fair and simple system than we currently have today. We've run some numbers just to give you an example here. This may not be exactly accurate. We're just This is just coming out now. But under the current proposal, we'll reduce the tax rate down to 3.1% on sales tax. Uh, I think once we – and there's a, a movement, again, I'm encouraging the tax cut, so not just tax neutral, but give back a couple hundred million dollars. I've reduced the sales tax rate to you know 2.7, something like that. But if, for example, you're a retired – you're thinking about retirement. A retired couple uh, making $60,000 in total income uh, at age 66 will have a net reduction of about $935 of their state tax obligation, so a net savings. In spite of the fact that you might be paying more for this or that service, overall, you'll have a net reduction. That's what we're trying to find, that optimal place. What the details and specifics will be, we don't know exactly right now today, other than the proposal that's come out of the House, and we'll have that debated with the Senate. I'm sure they'll come together with consensus. And then there will be a delayed implementation date of nearly a year so that any other modifications or improvements that come up to the fore could be, in fact, incorporated in a future uh, legislative session. So this is not going to happen overnight, but we've got to have a place to start to force people to come to the table and have a discussion. We've been talking about this for over three years on closing loopholes, tax modernization, 
And really, most people have just taken the attitude, well, if maybe we don't say anything, it'll go away. And yet we're getting to the point of really kind of falling over the fiscal cliff. So it needs to be addressed now, not kicked down the road. And I applaud the legislature for taking the bull by the horns and coming up with at least a starting point. Dwayne, we appreciate your phone call here on Let Me Speak to the Governor. Let's take another call. This time we go to Provo, and Al is on the line. Al, you're on the air with Governor Herbert. Well, good afternoon, Governor. I just want to address the uh, House resolution allowing the cities to uh, allow nuclear power to power their cities. And while I know nuclear power has come a long way, I, I had three uncles exposed to it, and all, all three died early deaths. But I know they've made advancements, but uh, I just wonder accidents do happen, and I just want to know your thoughts on that. Well, thanks, Al. I think there have been significant scientific advancements to make sure that we don't have fallout. You know, we had a lot of testing done in Nevada, and a lot of people in Utah were exposed to that. That won't happen, shouldn't happen again. Nuclear power has come a long ways, whether they be small module reactors now, which is an improvement over the larger models we've had in the past, making them more economical and more safe. Uh, Nuclear power is used in many parts of the world, including the United States, where nuclear reactors have been built. Now, we went for a period of about 35 to 40 years with no nuclear reactors being built, and yet we have an energy concern about uh, transitioning from cl- uh, to cleaner fuels, from dirtier fuels, meaning carbon content like coal, natural gas, oil. Um, so I, I can tell you, we, we've done a study. We have a 10-year plan on energy development for the state of Utah, which other states are now copying, uh, making their own modifi- modifications for their own state. But we have said this, based on the economics of it, or the reality of the world and the energy production and demand, that the base load for energy over this next generation is going, is going to come from carbon-based fuels and or nuclear power or a combination that's just the reality. Renewable fuels can constitute maybe 3 to 4% of all of our energy production. That's going to get more as it becomes more economically competitive thanks to new technology. But uh, traditional fuels like uh, carbon-based fuels will become more competitive on cleaner with new technology. And the same thing will be true with nuclear power. New technology is making it a very viable option for producing power that we do have some uh, radioactive material to dispose of at the end, nuclear spent rods, which can be stored safely, but it's a, such a small component of it, and the power that's being produced is absolutely clean. So, uh, again, uh, that balance is going to be our future, and I think it's something we need to consider, and, and, and I think this legislation is designed to allow us to take a look uh, at nuclear power in an in a, in a environmentally sensitive way. Governor, other than the resolution, are there things afoot? It was several years ago as Representative Mike Noel and others were talking about nuclear power, perhaps on the Green River. Is there anything afoot right now, anything in process heading down the road? I think the Green River site is still in play. Uh, I think the people, uh, that entity that's been created to produce nuclear power there in the Green River area is still uh, working, trying to find the funding, et cetera, to get it to be done. There's always a concern about these larger nuclear reactors of the water source mm-hmm. and the need to have water, which puts you close to a river. And, uh, again, that's happening in Green River. And the concern that comes with that, if you have a spill, if you have an accident, will it pollute water downstream? So the safety aspects are very much a concern. That's why I think these smaller 
uh, modular reactors are really the wave of the future, which we see cr- uh, uh, cropping up around the country and around the world. So I think the idea of nuclear power is one that's in our future. Uh, we have some that are just absolutely opposed to nuclear power in any way, shape, or form. But I think actually it is a part of the future in kind of an all-of-the-above approach for providing energy in a cleaner way to the people of, of America and something that's affordable and sustainable. Let's take a phone call from Kaysville, Utah. And Alan is on the line for Governor Herbert. Alan? Hi, Governor. Thank you for uh, taking the opportunity, giving me the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was something that cropped up, and I'm not sure if there's any actual credence to this, but it said that you were buying and selling personal information. Could you elaborate on that? That I was buying and selling personal information? Yes. I have no idea even what you're talking about. I Personal information from where? Like uh, people's personal information, like uh, phone numbers, addresses. When, you, when you're, like you're talking about me personally or, or the state? state. I, I don't I don't know if it's the state or you. I don't remember specific details of what yeah. the information says. We, we have laws on the book that protect personal information. The only thing that even comes close to that is that we have in politics, Republican and Democrats, independents, libertarians, pick a class, have lists of people that are supporters that are voluntarily given to them as delegates, for example, that allows the candidates to contact those people and say, why choose me, why vote for me? Here's my position on the issues, et cetera. That's the only thing that I know of that even comes close. Other than that, information is protected. We have laws that talk about what can be given certain classes of people. Information is, even though it's on a public record, cannot be disclosed. For example, judges, law enforcement people that could be harassed by individuals, that information is protected. We have HIPAA laws on medical issues, et cetera. So uh, nobody's buying and selling information. All right, so long story short is no. The absolute, yeah, no, other than, again, for politics and delegates where people are involved in the political party. Okay, we appreciate your phone call. We have just a second before we uh, need to take a break, Governor, and maybe I could ask this question on behalf of one of our texters who uh, is asking, are the pay raises and pensions uh, city or state paid? I'm not quite sure where that uh, that question is is going. Well, we have retirement programs at all levels, uh, with city, county, and state, and I expect federal employees have the same. So as you pay into a retirement system managed by probably their pension fund people, and they invest that and give you a return back on your money, just like a stock or a, a mutual fund or something of that nature. So that's money that comes as part of your compensation package, which is handled by our HR department. Again, I think that's true on every level. But to the extent that, uh, you know, that's, they churn the money, and so the, mm-hmm. the investment portfolio invests and gets a return, which they share with their em- employee that they represent. But there's nothing um, different than re- what we do in the state level right. that was done in the private sector. That's always been my understanding that the entity you work for pays the, the pension if you're a state employee, yeah, the you, state. You can pick and choose where you want to invest your money. Right. And so you can pick this stock or that stock or this fund, and you'll have people that will maybe help you with that. Uh, we have different kinds of uh, programs, whether it goes into a 401K, you know, that you have uh, for retirement, or if you have money that you can control and invest yourself as a lump sum as opposed to a retirement fund. They are treated somewhat differently. But, again, that's the same kind of things that we have in the private sector. So, 
it's uh, it's just part of your compensation package. Let's take a break here at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back. We'll take more phone calls. By the way, the uh, phone uh, number is 801-825-3944. KSL Talk. KSL Talk is our number. We'll also... Uh, I'll take some of the comments that are coming in on our KSL text line as well. It is 1230 here at KSL News Radio.